0: Wow. Here you go. Enjoy this. Uh, my phone was listening to me and this is what it recorded. <laughs> you like my turkey? Do you <laughs> like my turkey? <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I'm so glad your phone was listening to us and I wanted to make sure that I liked the turkey.
0: Yes. You, it <laughs> needs to know how much you like the turkey.
1: guys now that we're hopefully done being sick here's what's coming up on december 18th we have some special guests earlier this year our friends elizabeth kim and ronnie buddy read painted devils by margaret owen with us and they agreed to come on and talk with us about it for those of you who don't know this is the second book of the little thieves series and you can check out our episode on little thieves if you missed it if you love the show and want to support us you can check out patreon.com slash the podcast for a huge list of perks we hope you'll consider supporting us if you can, and we're incredibly grateful to all of you for listening. Thank you. Speaking of thank yous, we want to send a huge thank you and shout out to our patrons, the Pirate Queen and Leah. May your problems always be fictional. Now, on with the show.
0: Welcome back to the Booklight Podcast. With your home Coffee McCosco, <laughs> the best we're in, Abby. We are so glad that you have joined us today. This will be a really interesting podcast today, as you all know. We'll be editing a lot of coffee now, but you're still going to get some coughs today. Sorry. (laughs) She sounds like she's dying, but I swear she's okay, guys. I'm okay, guys. So I'm going to put another one of these little cough drops in my mouth and we'll see how it helps. But, Fingers crossed. Um, mm, but we're going to talk about books we pay to read again for the first time. Um, I have to say in preparation for this episode, I'm like, you know, I kind of want to reread Old Man's War by John Scalzi. And I am. I think I read like a fourth of the book yesterday and I was like, oh, I love this book so much.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm not going to lie.
1: Um, I made my list and... Um spoilers subasa reservoir chronicles the manga is on here and i put it on the list and the overwhelming urge to reread it hit me so hard that i'm like 14 novel 14 books into it so Mm -hmm.
0: so this was a very productive um episode already for us
1: oh very much so
0: all right well in these kind of formats we're gonna do our very best not to spoil anything abby's we're gonna share back and forth With Abby starting with her first five, and then I'll share mine as well. And then we'll take a break, and then we'll come back. And I'm sorry, guys. I hope you enjoy my cough. It will be a delightful um, part of this episode today. All right. I will go
1: ahead and start off with my first one. Um, This is the first one I thought of when I started pondering books that I would pay to read again for the first time. And that would be the Paradox Trilogy by... Um, Rachel Bach, or Rachel Aaron, Uh, she's mostly known as Rachel Aaron. She just published this trilogy under Rachel Bach because it's sci-fi instead of fantasy, which is mostly what she does. Um, And the three books are Fortune's Pawn, Honor's Knight, and Heaven's Queen. And uh, I just, this, hmm... This trilogy took me on a ride for every single book. And if you asked me which of the three was my favorite, I could not choose. Like, that's how good the whole trilogy is. Because with a lot of trilogies, you end up with that second book that just like is kind of meh or sucks. Yeah. And like the first and third books are just fantastic. Mm -hmm. This one was amazing the whole way through. I was not expecting any of the twists and turns the romance between the main character and her love interest were just phenomenal Mm. i was rooting so hard for that couple
0: i'm telling you the first i read the first two books so far and i remember in book one me being mad at the end of that book and i'm like abby i'm gonna throw my ipad across the room and she's like don't (laughs) do that mo she's like go read the second book And kind of piddled around and took me a while and i did And I eventually, I think I'm going to read Heaven's Queen next year. That's why I decided. I don't want it to end. That's it. So I don't want to finish it. Oh, I know. Mm -hmm. I
1: read the first two of these back to back. And then I put off the third one because I was so invested in it and I loved it so much. I didn't want it to end. Yep. Oh, it was worth it, though. It was so worth it. And I would pay all the money to read this again for the first time because
0: oh it's such a good book they were such good books (laughs) good twists good turns good everything
1: right and this is one of her um earlier trilogies too because like she's written a bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. but i think this was the second series she wrote i think she did the um oh starts with an e some sort of fantasy series Mm -hmm. the main character's name starts with an e Mm -hmm. but then she wrote these
0: oh so good just so good i love it um i would have to say speaking of manga one of my most favorite animes growing up was sailor moon and i would watch it all the time and i have the pocket volumes for sailor moon's for a bunch of them, honestly. I don't have them all because they're really hard to like get and they're really expensive now to collect. Mm. But I do have Sailor Moon volumes one through four, which is the I guess I would call it like the first saga in the um or story cycle inside of Sailor Moon. And it's all about Sailor Moon getting all of her knights and they're trying to find the moon princess. And my favorite story in there is just about the moon princess and her Love interest essentially. If you guys know Sailor Moon, you know what I'm talking about. And it's just like all of my favorite art, all of my favorite story in there. And you're just like, oh my goodness gracious. And then you find out who everybody is. and You're like, yes. Mm-hmm. And it's like the, it's my favorite story arc of the entire uh, Sailor Moon like series. I agree. That is
1: the best arc. I, <laughs> I think was it last year? I tried to read all of the Sailor Moon novels and uh i think i got through like seven or eight and then i just like couldn't make myself read anymore because like the art is still fantastic but Mm -hmm. the arcs are just not as good Mm -mm. as that initial arc
0: yeah i have issues with um chibi sailor moon she drives me crazy dude i'm not a fan of her
1: at all like Mm -mm. eh, eh, no
0: like i love the stars i love the outer planets but li- 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 little mini bunny, bunny little mini sun moons ja rays i can't i can't do her
1: i don't know she just doesn't feel like she has any redeeming qualities to me Mm-mm. nope and i don't know why anybody likes her like in universe and so that makes it really hard for me to like her at all
0: <laughs> well i mean we know why a few people like her they they're, they're, they they kind of have to like her but yeah Minor details. Minor details. What's your next um, series or books that you would be paid to read again, Abby?
1: Uh, Well, this will surprise no one because I've been harping on these since I read them. Uh, The Dauntless Path by Intisar Kahani, uh, which is Thorn, The Theft of Sunlight, and A Darkness at the Door. And these are kind of like the first one, Thorn, can be read by itself as a standalone. And then Theft of Sunlight and Darkness at the Door are like a duology that comes after it and continues the story, but with a different main character. And like the original main character still plays a part in the duology, but she is not the main focus. Mm-hmm. Oh, all these books are so good, guys.
0: Like so good,
1: they, they don't leave my head. <laughs> when I reminisce about books that I love, these are ones that always come up in my mind just like they always do just the way she wrote them like I don't know how she made it so impactful the romances are real the I think it's the characters the characters feel so real and the situations they're put in feel so real despite the fact that they're fantasy books it just it dragged me in and it just like, it hasn't left my brain. It's just going to live there until the
0: day I die. All right. That's okay. I do agree. They are fabulous books. I think why they're everything we love about YA, I think is part of it. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: It didn't like, it didn't push boundaries of, did this really need to be in YA? Like
0: a lot of YA books have been doing lately. Yeah this was i'm like can we please label these as new adult because seriously guys
1: yeah there was no boundary pushing it was just very straight ya very well written ya that wasn't just like completely
0: predictable
1: Mm. Mm. wonderful wonderful (laughs) looks all right what was your next one
0: so for me, and I I pop out the series, the trilogy a lot is the last Harold May trilogy by Mercedes Lackey. I just, it was my first big footstep into the world that is fantasy and magic and political intrigue with that Western um, fantasy arc, you know, arches like with. And I say archetype. Sorry, like with the high castles and Google intrigue, and it is such just a beautiful and rich era. And I love, I love everything. Before she t- Mercedes Lackey took a break, her newer stuff doesn't hit me the same way as the older works did, which is okay. Like you know, like authors evolve as they should, and just because I don't love it doesn't mean it's not good but I just discovering the lore tearing through first that trilogy and then jumping into the mage wind trilogy. God, like there's like 40 plus books and I just, it's, the the world is so rich and so interesting and I love all the lore. Well, and Mercedes
1: Lackey is honestly just one of the goats of fantasy. Mm-hmm. Just like straight up. I mean, and she isn't even one of my favorite authors, but I'm telling you, she is one of the goats. Mm-hmm. I, I am sure there's so many, especially little girls, who read her books for the first time, and discovered that fantasy could be for girls, and it wasn't all just male centric. Hmm. Yeah. I I love her for that.
0: I just I just love it all. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, and just that feeling of discovering this brand new universe. That was the big thing for me. Like I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, books can be this interesting. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what did it.
1: I feel like most people have like that one book that they read, and it just like expanded their mind into, oh my gosh! I love books. I love reading. This is a thing I can and enjoy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So my next one probably won't surprise you um but it's a man called uve or Av or however you would like to pronounce his name there's kind of a theme for some of the ones that are on this list i either absolutely adored all the plot twists and characters and everything or it made me cry (laughs) and a man called uve is one of those books where it made me cry but i also loved everything else about it too um just watching his absolute devotion to his wife and Mm -hmm. the absolute golden nuggets of wisdom throughout the book and it felt like parts of it could be like a reflection of my own life with my husband Mm -hmm. and I think that's part of what got me so hard like I cried through most of that book genuinely but if i could do it again for the first time
0: wouldn't hesitate you would cry some more huh
1: like if if i came to myself and went you can read this book for the first time it'll be like the first time you won't remember the fact that you've already read it and all i'm gonna tell you is that you're gonna ball like a baby i'd be like hand it over
0: i can't read it fast enough oh my god that's kind of traumatizing it is a fantastic book all the feelings that invokes it was probably one of my first books really exploring growing older found family and like the the the, really the meaning of community taking care of your neighbor you know Mm -hmm. it just invokes so many feelings I just really it's one of those books also that I just kind of give to people. I'm like, have you read Frederick Bachman? Oh, you haven't? Send. And then I send it to people.
1: Yeah. And I don't even like all the books of Frederick Bachman's that I've written, but I have two of his on this list.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, he's a great author, but you don't have to love every single thing an author writes.
1: Yes. I say that. Actually, all the when time. I read this book, I thought he was going to become one of my favorite authors. And he hasn't. He's an author I enjoy and I really like his stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's not like Rachel Aaron or Gail Carriger levels of, I'm going to drop everything and pre-order this book as soon- the minute I find that it's coming out yep. kind of thing. But he's still, he's a great author. Mm, so good. All right. What's next for you?
0: Going Postal by Terry Pratchett. So Going Postal... No. It's not? Oh, you're right. Well, <laughs> it's I'm going to go. <laughs> it's fine. It's like, excuse me, whose list are you looking at? My brain. My brain <laughs> list. It's fine. I am in. listen, mine are in no certain order. It doesn't matter what I talk about. So going postal is what I'm going to talk about, Abby. Um, Which, yes, is number four on my list. Now, number three, we know we have counting problems here. No, because Maybe- my next one is going postal. <laughs> Fine. I will talk about How Come to Julian C" by TJ Klune. We okay. can talk about going postal. That's fine. No, not going to apparently. <laughs> I'm I, sorry. You? I definitely thought you were looking at my list. No, it's number four on my list, Abby. It's number four on my list too. Obviously, obviously we're going to talk about it together in the next in the next moment, listen. Okay. So house on Australian sea by TJ Klune. I love this book. I love this book enough that it's one of those comfort reads where I have it on audiobook and I just listen to it when I just want something adorable and happy. And I want to hear about Linus and his cat and what he's doing and how he's integrating his life with these children. And it's like, Boring, mundane, delightful, cozy fantasy It's best, but it's not boring or mundane, but it's like, it takes something for like, he's a social worker and then you add magical children to it. I don't know. Like I just adored the concept and every page was a page turner for me. And I could just re-listened to the book over and over and over and over again.
1: It really is a sweet book. And I I really enjoyed how it started out with the everyday man who's a social worker and just, like, going about his life and then magical creatures.
0: Well, and he's always following everything by the book. Mm -hmm. You know, he's very much a rule. We will follow the rules. I don't know. I loved it.
1: It's a very good book.
0: I would love to reread that book again because none... No other of TJ Clune's books have matched the level of that book that I've read. And I like TJ Clune a lot, mm-hmm. but that book is a number one book. TJ Clune's like not my number one author. Not even like a top author. Yeah. But that yeah. book is a top book of mine. Hey, Abby. <laughs> are you ready for number four now? Um, <clears throat> so
1: this just proves that we are on the same, um, we use the same brain sometimes because We both wrote the same book in at number four on our lists.
0: Which is hilarious Uh, because I definitely tried not to like copy you and try to pick different stuff. Dang it, Abby. I didn't even, I didn't
1: look at your list at all. And so when I was narrowing mine down, I didn't even realize that you also had this on your list. Otherwise I would have taken it off and left a different one on.
0: Abby, Abby, Abby. (laughs) So, Going Postal by Terry Pratchett.
1: It's the best of the Discworld books, and I'll fight anyone else that tells me otherwise.
0: And that's why it's on my list, too, because it's my favorite Discworld book. It's my favorite enough that, just like House and Australian Sea, if I want to fall asleep to something delightful, I pick Going Postal. I think one
1: of the awesome things about Going Postal is that it follows a man. and when mm. you're following a character mm. like that, They bend the rules so much that it's hard to predict what they're going to do next, Mm -hmm. which is awesome for you as the reader.
0: Oh, you never know what mayhem Moist van Lugwit is going to get up to.
1: Well, especially since Terry Pratchett was the writer, it's like a double whammy of what is going to happen next. I have no idea.
0: (laughs) The only one who knows the rules of this world is Terry Pratchett. Right. And Terry Pratchett lives by his own rules. Well, Lived by his own rules. I miss him. Rip Terry Pratchett. hmm
1: So... But the audiobook um, is absolutely phenomenal. That's how I read it.
0: Especially the new recordings they've been releasing. I've been trying to gobble them all up. Mm-hmm. So good. Mm.
1: It's wonderful no matter how you consume it. It's just straight up... Yep. I... I still have a bunch of discworld novels to read that cuz I haven't read them all. But if I find one that beats going postal, I don't know I'll eat it. I Guards
0: Guards was close, but it's not. It's I mean it's good. Mhm. But not the greatest. I just
1: I feel like Going Postal was like the peak of Discworld. Yep. I agree. All right. <clears throat> well, my number 5 um, any longtime listeners of the show probably would have been able to predict that this is was gonna be on my list. Um, it's the Finishing School series by Gail Carriger. This is a series that I have reread at least 20 times. Like, re-listened to the audiobooks at least 20 times, read the physical books several times. There's <sighs> it's just so good. Mm-hmm. There's so much like girl power and badass female main character, who's also a lady. Yep, <laughs> and it's YA, so it doesn't get graphic like sexually or anything, which is awesome. And her Sophronia's relationships with all her friends and her rela- romantic relationship with Soap, and just like it's also wonderful.
0: Mm hmm. It is. And the wicker chicken, the wicker chicken. <laughs> Sometimes, guys, I just have to text Abby wicker chicken,
1: wicker chicken,
0: wicker chicken. <laughs> I think the last
1: time was an actual picture of the original wicker chicken. hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was wonderful. I know. But yeah, the series is just it's four books and she has written a couple short stories Well, several short stories now that um, like tied into the world continued with some of these characters and I devoured them when they came out and I will definitely be rereading all of them Mm -hmm. because uh, these characters, these characters are just amazing. Like one of the short stories, the first of the short stories that came out of that were continuations was one of the bad guy stories. Mm-hmm. And I have so much faith in Gale character that I Which... pre-ordered it anyways. Because I went, why would I want to know about this character more? I, d- I didn't like this character. Why are you writing another story about this character? And then
0: I read it and I went... Why not? Why not, Abby?
1: She was a B. That's why.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. I but, understand. But the short
1: story even made me go, do I like this character?
0: I like this character now. See, She's so sneaky. That's why. (sighs) So sneaky. But yeah,
1: um, the finishing school series is just absolutely amazing. So what's the next one on your list?
0: Well, my final one for this half of the episode is The Lost Years of Merlin by T.A. Barron. So. And the reason why I would pay to read this again for the first time is that this also was one of those auto buy for a lot of my friends for a lot of times. So I would just buy the book in the series and like I've reread it, but it wasn't as magical as that first time in exploring that first world and the twist and the turns. I don't know. Like it just, I wish I could read it again for the first time with the fresh lens eyes. Like this is one where When I reread it, it it does not do it for me as much as, like, it used to do it for me. So I want to reread it with all that joy and excitement of a 12-year-old.
1: Yeah, I get that, like...
0: But I still love books. I, I think they're great, but they're just, like, just don't hit like they used to. Yeah, I
1: think some series just... There's something magical about the first time you read it, and you'll never recapture it, no matter how much you want to
0: and that's mm-hmm. sad
1: but it's also makes that experience that much more special
0: yeah and it kind of makes me sad a little bit but also that's okay you know for sure all right guys we're gonna take a break for a moment when we come back we're gonna talk about the other books we pay we we pay to read again for the first time see you in a minute
1: talk to you a minute guys
0: Hi there! Howdy! I'm Asha Rourke. I'm Kendall Shaw. And we want to tell you about our podcast, That, that Pretentious, Pretentious Book, book Club. Club. Once a week we release a new episode about a book of our choosing, old, new, beloved, and hated. Some of the books that we've done so far are Pride and Prejudice, Raven Boys, Clockwork Angel, Jane Eyre, and more. Yeah, blacksmiths! Obviously that's cool. I'm talking mm, about... What blacksmiths do? Y- it's stability.
1: <laughs> <laughs> One time when I was in New Mexico with some friends, we were at Billy's grave and Sabrina literally said, sorry, your boyfriend's dead. <laughs> the tension in this room is off the charts right now. That was really, really hard. And honestly, I'm really proud of myself. I feel like I did my best. It's really good. Come be my wife. It won't be that bad. It'll be a little bad. It'll be all right. We can do taco Tuesday. <laughs> You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts by searching for That Pretentious Book Club and follow us on Instagram too. So come visit the club. And until then, keep your teacups full, your pinkies high, and your book club pretentious. Welcome back. This is going to be the second half of our lists of books we would pay to read again for the first time. So why don't
0: we start with you this time, Mo? okay i would pay to i would like to pay to read again for the first time ready player one by ernest klein so i i remember i read a few books where the character you know lives in a vr universe kind of thing but a lot of times like you would get stuck in it (laughs) versus the main character in here was not stuck but you still had to fight the evil entity on the outside and the evil entity on the inside and um solve you know the big mystery of the whole book it was just a great ride and i just loved every little bit and pieces of it yeah that's a
1: fun one especially for (sighs) people who have 80s nostalgia the the amount of easter eggs there's like dozens of easter eggs every page (laughs)
0: yeah forgot about that part too but yes
1: And if you've only seen the movie, it's nothing like the movie. No, not at all.
0: Um, It was so good, though. I highly enjoyed it. It
1: was a fun book. All right. So, my next one should be no surprise to our longtime listeners. It is the Heart Striker series by Rachel Aaron, (laughs) Um, one of my favorite authors. (sighs) Honestly, this is the series that introduced me to Rachel Aaron and I think that's part of the nostalgia for me but also I adore all these characters I love the twists and turns just like some of the plots she comes up with for her books just astound me you know like plot twists I didn't see coming things I wouldn't have been able to predict just all sorts of craziness and I love dragons, and dragons are the main characters of these, and so that just makes it all the better. Oh, I love Julius. I love Bob. I love Chelsea. I
0: just, I love all the dragons. All the dragons. In. I love Chelsea so much. Chelsea needs her own series is what she needs. Oh, she does. 100%. Bob's I would... crazy, but you have to love Bob anyway. Mm.
1: Bob's nuts. But we like oh, Bob. We love <laughs> Bob. So yeah, this is just, the Heartstriker series is just one of those that like, kept me on my toes, I was pre-ordering the books as soon as I could pre-order them, I own them in multiple different forms, like, I have the physical copies, and I have all the audiobooks, and I've listened to it 20 plus times, because they're just that good, so. You might like them, there's a good chance that you might like
0: these books. Just a tiny bit. Mm -hmm. all
1: right so what's your next one
0: my next one is the first book of the alex vera series um, which is written by benedict jacka and it's called faded and actually i really wish i could reread the first four books of the series because i just love the opening of the world i love this wizard who just wants to be left alone who doesn't want to be part of either side And yet, he gets drug right back into it, no matter how much he tries to hide from it. And he's sarcastic, and he's witty. His magic was so unique that I was drawn to him. It was just a really great urban fantasy, a really great series and ride, honestly.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely adored it. It's a very fun world. I haven't read the whole series, obviously, but I think I've read the first two or three And I really enjoyed them. How how can you? Eventually, I will read the whole series. Um, But yeah,
0: very fun. Mm -hmm. as a very fun series. Such a good series. I would love to own all of them on audiobook eventually, because I love the audiobooks for them. Mm, The audiobooks are so good. Yes, much better than the Iron Brew series, which ruined me for audiobooks for that series. I cannot, cannot read that series in audiobook form.
1: I'm not going to lie. I was okay with the audiobooks of the Iron Druid series until you pointed out the fact that the dog sounded like Scooby Doo, and then I just couldn't stop hearing it.
0: I'm sorry I ruined it for you. I'm so sorry I ruined you.
1: I was doing okay with them. I was enjoying myself. And then you're like, I can't listen to them because he sounds like Scooby Doo. And I'm like, damn it, you're right. <laughs> and I can't unhear it now. <laughs> I ruined you. You did. I have to I have to read the physical books now, so it's gonna take me even longer to get to them. You may
0: shame me now. Shame, shame. Shame, shame, shame. Ugh.
1: These things happen.
0: I'm glad you understand.
1: So oh my gosh. Okay. Um, this is another one that made me cry. My God. And I want it to make me cry again. Uh <laughs> It's it's called Every Morning the Way Home Gets Longer and Longer by Frederick Bachman. This is a short story or yeah, I guess a short story. It took me less than an hour to read in total mm-hmm. and I bawled the entire hour I read it.
0: I bought you just like last year for Christmas. <clears throat> I am so sorry I gave you something that made you cry so much.
1: No, it was good. It was so good. That's why I was crying. Okay. My dad had dementia before he died Mm -hmm. and it's hard for people who don't have dementia to really understand how people with dementia are seeing the world yeah and like we can sort of try and figure it out we can empathize but like you you can't yourself really understand it unless you go through it. It's one of those things. And I don't want anybody to go through it. It's a horrible thing. But this entire short story is about a grandfather who has dementia trying to explain to his grandson the fact that he has dementia and he's coming toward the end of his life. Mm-hmm. And the way Frederick Bachman wrote it,
0: was rude. It sounds so rude, the way he wrote it.
1: He wrote it so well. He explained it so well considering he himself doesn't have dementia. But Mm -hmm. he put into words things that I didn't truly understand. And it... it, That's part of why it made me bawl the whole time, because it made me realize some of what my dad had been going through. And Mm -hmm. just the understanding it gave me was visceral in the best way possible. Yeah. And it gives me have feelings. mm, So many feelings. And it was just, it was a beautifully written book. I felt like it explained things super well. It wrapped things up well. And it showed that like Because the grandfather and the grandson in this story have a really special connection. There were things they did all the time together Mm -hmm. that they can't do anymore. And the grandfather's trying to explain that to him because the grandson's still pretty young. And just like the visual way it was represented. Just, oh, it was, it was so good. So good. I, I really don't have words to fully explain how hard it hit me. Other than to tell you, I literally sobbed the entire like 45 minutes it took me to read it. And then I sat the book down and I cried for like another five minutes.
0: (laughs) All the feelings.
1: So um, if you need to cry or you want a better understanding of how dementia feels to the person with it, Mm -hmm. highly, highly recommend the book.
0: Oh, man. Wow. My book I'm coming in with is The Martian by Andy Weir, which feels so significant to that. (laughs) I want to read about the man on Mars again. Oh, but Andy Weir is so good. Oh, That book was so good. The commentary in that book, in the movie um, with Matt Damon. mm, Fantastic science fiction right there. And what I really like about it is that it's realistic science fiction. Like this legit could happen in our lifetime, that people could be on Mars. And they could have to grow potatoes for a year until they're rescued
1: see i haven't <clears throat> oh,
0: potatoes. Oh, potatoes
1: i haven't read the martian or seen the movie that's probably going to be one of my goals for this next year um but i did read oh dang it what was the other one we read this year by who by andy weir
0: oh um hail hail mary
1: Hail Mary. Project Hail Mary. That's what Mm it was. I read that, and if The Martian is as good as that one, I'm really looking forward to it.
0: I only didn't like Artemis by Andy Weir. Everything else has been great. That's okay. He stepped outside
1: his comfort zone. Sometimes that shoots you in the foot. Eh, Yep. But yeah, like... I don't know. Realistic science fiction is kind of terrifying as interesting as it is. Mm -hmm. And he writes it really good. (laughs) Because like... Quite frankly, if somebody came to me today and went, "Hey, we're going to start a colony on Mars," like legitimately, we're going to start a colony on Mars, we're going to get several thousand people together and ship them out there, I'd be like, "Count me out, thanks." Uh, Staying stay on Earth, thanks. I was born here. I'm going to die here. Staying right here, thanks. Thanks. I, I, mm-mm. I am not going to be one of the space explorers. I am not. I feel like, even if we lived in a sci-fi time where like traveling between planets was a normal thing that everybody did. I feel like I'd still be one of those people going, this is my home planet. I am going to stay here. Thank you. All right. So, ah, okay. So my next one also made me cry yeah. lots. Um, it's called the boy, the mole, the fox and the horse by Charlie McKessie,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> How do I describe this book? This book is written and illustrated entirely by McKessie. And it's not like the artwork has more heart. The art the art in the book is heart over um it's just a like simple design and beautiful. I guess. Like The really accurate, beautiful portraits you see in museums and stuff, that is not this artwork. This artwork is something you draw Mm -hmm. fast and passionately. And you can tell that by looking at it. And then each page only has maybe two or three sentences on it max. Like, I think the page with the most words has like three sentences on it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And the words go with the illustrations and they're telling the story of a journey that starts with a little boy and was was it the mole or the horse that was first? I think it was the mole that was first. I th- yeah, I think so. Um but it's telling the journey of this little boy and he's got a mole companion and then they meet a fox and then they meet a horse. But like the discussions that the four of them are having oh God, I remember are So poignant that they really don't need more than a sentence or two to get the point across. Like, less is more in this case.
0: Mm. Yeah. And every bit of it is just intense, but not intense. Like, magical. Just magical. Yeah. I don't even know how to think about it. It's like, I I could print and frame every single page and just cover my house.
1: I actually want to do that. I legitimately got an extra copy for myself because I want to tear it apart and frame it. Ah, ah, (laughs) My heart! My my soul! But I have have my own copy, and then I have a second copy that I want to take apart so I can put it on my walls. Like, it's that wonderful. You know?
0: Wow. Okay. Well, once again, we go from feelings to humor. I would pay to read again for the first time. (laughs) We Are Legion, We Are Bob by Dennis E. Taylor. Also, another book that I just enjoy listening to over and over again. It's funny. It's silly. It's not quite realistic sci-fi, but it's delightful. And I love every bit of it. We Are Legion, We Are Bob
1: is... (laughs) I'm not gonna lie the premise is hilarious to me um mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not okay with the existential crisis that it could give me if I thought about it too hard you know
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, I know
1: because like that ex- existential crisis kind of like flitted through my brain as I started to read it and I went we are not gonna hang on to that thought we are gonna keep moving <laughs>
0: We're just going to enjoy the ride. Enjoy the crazy ride. (laughs) Because it is a wonderful ride. I
1: agree. That is such a fun series.
0: And I think my favorite part about it is the fact that Bob was a nerd. And, you know, original Bob was a nerd. And his personality clone things, replicas, just, just down some really deep ends of the nerd them that Bob went into like Starfleet. <laughs> All Starfleet. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. And let's be real. Like,
1: the title, We Are Legion, We Are Bob, that's just a title that, like, it goes along with my favorite titles. Mm-hmm.
0: I just really love funny sci-fi humor that takes of a deep and heavy topic and makes it light you know
1: mm-hmm, for sure
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: good series good choice my next one is full Metal alchemist the manga by hiromu arakawa this i think is one of the manga that's considered like the best of all time kind of thing it like or at least in the top 10 best of all time and i think it deserves its place there and i would read it again for the first time if i could because the characters are just so well written the plots are so interesting the twists and turns that the plot takes some mm, you can't really predict it i only see them coming now because i've read it enough now yeah Like, that's the only reason that I know what's coming is because I've read it. And it's just, it's so well done. And it doesn't matter if you watch one of the animes instead of reading the manga. Like, all of it is just fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I have seen many other mangas that pulled off doing animes that well. But I love it all. I seriously just love it all. If I could go back and reread... A single manga for the first time again it would probably be full metal
0: mm, gosh and you don't know all the twists and you'd be like oh my god what's going on Maybe, right right and meeting every single
1: character mm-hmm. for the first time again oh and breaking
0: my heart all over again oh <sighs> yep yep okay why you do that what's your so? last one yeah my last one is the rosie project by his name, who I cannot pronounce, and I don't even want to bother trying. So, we have talked about the Rosie Project many a time, many a time. And I think just one of my favorite things about this book is exploring someone who doesn't know that he has autism. And, you know, he's very set and rigid in his ways, you know, and he likes things done just a certain way. And it's just like, just like you said for a man called Uve. Um, it's just this really interesting insight into someone's life. I guess for the, the one about the grandpa with dementia too, like, you know, you don't know how some people think and how they act. And this is really, it's a study of human, you know, and it it gave me so much good insight and it was funny and it was weird. And it's all my favorite things. I like in a book. And Oh, what's the main character's name? Don is a good guy. He's the guy you want to have at your back, you know? Yes. Yeah, he's a
1: genuinely good guy. A genuinely good character. hmm And watching how he interacted with the world around him was just... It was so sweet, and his relationship was so cute.
0: hmm <laughs> Oh, that's a lovely book. I it was enjoyed so that good. one. It just made me so happy. For sure.
1: That's a feel good book.
0: It is. And I would love just to reread that again, just to feel all those feelings. Cause I just really love how him and Rosie evolved throughout the book. I love his evolution, you know?
1: Yeah. Cause he, he changes a lot throughout mm-hmm. the book.
0: I haven't read the third one. I'd read the second one.
1: The second one is on my tbr
0: Mm -hmm. i had thoughts about that book when you read it okay yeah i'll share them when you get there we'll get there all right abby what is the last one on your list today
1: my last one is subasa reservoir wow subasa reservoir chronicles by clamp and Clamp is actually... Did you know this? It is a group of five women hmm. who got together to write and draw manga. I love them. I know. <laughs> but the thing I love about Subasa is that it takes characters that you're familiar with from other stories that Clamp has written mm-hmm. and puts them in this whole new scenario. And it's just... It's so much fun because I love uh, Card Captors,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the two main characters of Subasa are Sakura and Shouren from Card Captors, mm-hmm. but they're mm-hmm. aged up. They're like teenagers in this instead of middle schoolers, <laughs> like they are in Card Captors. So it's fun. First off, just to see them a little bit older and interacting, but they're also in a completely different world. With a completely Mm -hmm. different backstory for each of them. And it's just an absolute blast to watch these two characters that you love in a completely different scenario. It's like like reading fan fiction, except it's not fan fiction because it's written by the same people. Mm -hmm. It's their own
0: fan fiction, essentially. (laughs)
1: It's their own fan fiction of their own characters, and I adore it. It's so fun. There's so many cool places that they go to. You get to see all sorts of different outfits because every single world they go to has different um, clothing and traditions and just, like, everything. And it's just so cool. It's so cool. It's so fun. And the overarching story is so good. Mm -hmm. I just... The whole thing is wonderful. And I'm actually like i said earlier i am currently rereading the whole thing again because it's just it's that wonderful like i get done with a volume and i just sit there and i'm
0: like happy i'm good it's like <laughs> all the I good feelings Ugh, they're so good well i remember in clamp also like they pull in characters from magic neck Rayers, they pull in characters from triple X holics mm-hmm. um God, who else crosses over into it? Is that it?
1: Um, there's some other smaller cameos. The biggest one is from XXX hmm
0: Yeah, I love it. It's like just a great crossover fan fiction written by the authors. I I adore that. These ladies went. You know
1: what we should do? We should make a fan fiction and combine all of our stuff, just mm-hmm. like. <laughs> I aspire to that level. If I ever wrote a bunch of novels, I would aspire to write my own fan fiction. (laughs) Because if you write your
0: own fan fiction, it's canon. Mm -hmm. Precisely. (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. Well, guys, those are some of the things, books, series that we would pay to read for the first time again, either to get that really awesome book high, to have a really intense cry apparently from abby (laughs) or just to relive those feelings when we first read it like for me rereading the last years in merlin when i was a child we would love to hear what you guys would pay to read again um but until next time we'll see you in a bit
1: we'll talk to you in a couple weeks guys bye if you liked what you heard today and want to help us spread the book love drop us a rating or review on the app you use or share the episode post on your preferred social media. Everything helps. You can also check out our Patreon for some awesome perks, like access to our miniseries, a monthly guaranteed episode poll, and much more. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the name The Book Life Podcast. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by Eight Benoit from their album Dominique. You can find them on Instagram at C underscore A underscore B E N O I T that's C A Benoit and on Spotify under their name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening till next time.